0: All right. Well, we've been in a series called "Our Source" for some time, and I believe we're we're wrapping this up. Um, we, we have some things we want to cover today. Let's look at Matthew six nineteen and read through kind of what our text has been. This is what we've been reading: Matthew six nineteen. This is Jesus speaking. And we've covered a lot of different aspects in this. This is a rich passage of scripture. Says, "Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and whether thieves, where thieves and do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light." But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. That's what that means. Verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, What you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, So why do you worry about clothing? For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we covered a number of aspects, a number uh, of these different verses kind of in more detail. I wanted you to look real quickly... uh, Verse 24, let's read these scriptures and then a few more down. Matthew 6, 24. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we've spent some time on that. You can't serve or be led by or be directed by money, And at the same time, be directed by God. God, Jesus here said, you cannot. In verse 25, then he said, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat and what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. So he said, so don't worry about the stuff that you have in front of you, uh, what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on. He's saying, isn't life more than that? He initially said, don't try to serve two things. Isn't life more than just these natural things? Then further down, um, verse 31 then, he gets into, you know, he's just talked about the birds of the air and, and how the lilies are clothed. And then verse 31, it says, Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? You know, what? How am I going to pay for this, in other words? How, how are we going to get this taken care of? Of course, eating and uh, what we drink and what we put on is part of it. And really, when you boil it down, that's really what there is. And Having a place to stay, you have uh, your, uh, what you need to eat and what you have to wear. I mean, going forward, ultimately, that's, that's what people are concerned about. Um, Of course, we add a lot to it. Well, like I said, how are we going to pay for this or do this or whatever? But Jesus is is saying all this together. Don't worry about it, saying, how are we going to do this? Verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, people without God seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So God's not stupid. God's not got his head stuck in a hole somewhere. He's not just, oh, so spiritual that he doesn't understand. He made the world. He knows what we're dealing with. Now, it's in a fallen state, and people make decisions apart from God, but that's what he's saying. He said, follow me. He's not clueless. He knows what we have naturally. He's not ignorant. But he's saying, now choose to do what I'm telling you to do, because I know you need all these things. Jesus is saying, your Heavenly Father knows. And verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, or seek first Him and how He does stuff. What did he say? In other words, he knows what you need but do it His way, and then He said all these things are going to be added to you. He's not just all spiritual. There's a natural side to life. And uh, God knows what we need, but He wants us to be seeking His way above anything we can see. So we've, you know, this is just a little bit of review. We've covered some of these aspects, but as we look at these scriptures we just looked into, I want to go further today. in a specific direction let's look at Genesis 2 verse 1 so he said that we when we just, where we just read you seek my ways you don't do everything based on what you have around you and trying to take care of this natural stuff he goes i know you need it so do it the way i tell you to to go Genesis 2 verse 1 It says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished, and the seventh day God ended His work which He had done and rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. Let's read verse 2 and 3 again. says, on the seventh day, this is creation, God ended His work which He had done. And He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it or set it apart because in it He rested or ceased from all His work which He had created and God had made. Now I want to talk... I want to get into today talking about rest and, and talking about the Sabbath, what, what the Bible talks about or calls the Sabbath. Let's look at Proverbs 23:4. Let's look at a few scriptures before we really get into this, along these lines. Now Jesus said, you seek my way. You go in my way. Do it the way I've, do what I've set up, and this stuff's going to be added to you. But don't go after these natural needs. Don't ask, well, how am I going to do this? He said, just seek what I tell you to do. Now look at Proverbs 23, verse 4. We're going to read some verses here that uh, support what we were reading in in Matthew. And then we're going to get more into uh, specifically the Sabbath and, and rest. But here it says, do not overwork to be rich. Now when you read rich there, just read adding wealth, adding money. Do not overwork to be rich or to have these things, whatever it is. Because of your own understanding, cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings and fly away like an eagle toward heaven. In the New Living Translation, verse 20, Proverbs 23, verse 4 says, Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Don't wear yourself out trying to have all the things that we quote-unquote need. God knows what we need, but you read it like that. Because some people, it's easy to take yourself out of, a, you know, a verses like this. Say, well, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm just trying to get my needs met. Uh, it's all the same. Don't, don't try to add to yourself. You could read that. Don't try to get wealth, because uh, Jesus was saying, you know, you have what you need to eat. You have what you need to... Uh, where you know don't look God knows you need these things but see sometimes we're like yeah yeah but I need this and this and this and this well God knows that and he's saying it's saying here don't wear yourself out trying to add stuff to you don't wear yourself out trying to get rich it says verse 4 be wise enough to know when to quit in the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. That means you're setting your eye on something that can change. Why would you overwork in order to provide something that can change in a, in a moment? He's saying here, be wise enough to stop. Proverbs 28:20 says a faithful man, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Somebody does what is required. Somebody that in this case, we're talking about being faithful to the Lord, doing what he says to do. It says a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. In other words, he who tries to cut corners in order to get things, it's not going to go well cutting things that we should do and that we should take care of and ultimately are more precious in order to get something material is going to end poorly, is going to end bad. Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. You know, this is a good verse that you can, you can, the end right there, just as a side point, for so he gives his beloved sleep. God wants you to get rest, God wants you to sleep well. And you can, this is a, a verse you can quote, say, I'm his beloved, I am accepted in the beloved. The Lord Jesus. I I am right with Him. I am His child. This verse applies to me. I get sleep. That's something you can say when you go to bed at night. I sleep well. I sleep soundly. And He wants me to get plenty of rest. In the New Living Translation, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. The Bible says here it's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously. What, that, isn't that just what... Uh, Jesus said, You're worrying about what you're going to do, how you're going to take care of stuff. And it, the Bible's saying here, unless God, can you go back to verse 1? Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. In other words, unless we're doing what God would have us to do in the time He would have us to do it, keeping perspective. Doing what He would have us to do. If we're doing what He would have us to do, His strength is there to do it. And He's not going to wear anybody out. Why does He have to wear a human being out? We're not going to be around that long. If Jesus doesn't come back in the next 200 years, there's not going to be a person on the face of the earth that's alive today that will be alive. I'm not saying He's going to take that long. We just don't know. If we go by events, I mean, it looks like it's, it's getting close. We know we're closer than ever. But... We we don't need to think that we're the the savior. We're not. We're not the one that's gonna change everything. God is in He He's He's the one on the throne. He's the one that is the savior. He doesn't need to burn a person out. Well, I just I need to get it done. Well, that's that's pride. That's thinking too much of us. If we, he said, unless the Lord builds the house, the, the work of the builders is useless. It's not just not good. It's, it's wasted. It, the, it said another translation. It's, it's useless. It's not, it's not worthwhile. It did all this work, Look like you're doing something, but you're really not doing anything because God wasn't in it. God will give us something to do, and then he's not going to burn us out doing it. Why would he do that? Why does he need to burn a human being out? He's God. He can. He just needs somebody to work through. Look at the Bible. Look at how many people he worked through. That weren't all that in the natural. We could go on and on. David wasn't that great in the natural. He took out the giant Gideon. He said, "No, you got too many people. Cut it down." God doesn't need all our ability and strength. And well, we're just so good. We got to get it done. That's a lot of times we're looking at the wrong thing. We're saying, "I got to do it." There's nobody else can do it. Well. If we're burning ourselves out or working too hard, then we are, somehow we're not looking to Him because God won't burn us out. It says here, verse 2, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. See, anxiously, like what Jesus said, worrying about it. Why are you worrying about it? Why are you anxiously doing it? Well, you would tend to overdo it. If you're anxious about it, got to do it, got to do it. Don't you know we need? Well, what did God say about it? It says God gives rest to his loved ones. In other words, he wants his children to get rest. There are things more important than what's going to be on the table. Your health, your relationships, your relationship with God, your peace are so much more important than paying the next bill. That's important. God said it's important, but we don't put things in the wrong order. At the end of the day, if you're gone because you overworked and you die, what good is it? I mean, in the extreme. If you overworked and you lose your marriage, what good is it? You overworked, you don't see your kids. Well, great. You paid that payment for the mortgage, but you got bigger problems. I mean, this is exactly what this is saying. Proverbs ten twenty two says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Full supply. Have everything you need. And He adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and He adds no sorrow with it. That means He's got a way to do something that you can have everything you need, but there's no sorrow. There's no regret. There's no looking back going, Oh, if only. Why did I, why did I spend so much on that? I didn't need to. I missed out on what I, I could have been doing, and it wasn't that I had to do it. God didn't want me to do so much in this area. I could have, maybe I could have tweaked some stuff, scaled some stuff back, and had even better results in that area, but also had every, all these other things that are precious. So we see it throughout the Word. These are just a few scriptures. Jesus was saying, don't seek the stuff. He said, you can't serve two masters. You can't be led by what money is telling you to do or a need or a payment or an obligation. We have obligations. We have things. We're not making light of that, but we can't put those above what God is saying to do because if we put God first, he said all this stuff will be taken care of. But what is that? That's trust in him, not being driven by the other. Now this is throughout the Word. Let's look at Genesis 2 verse 1 again, what we read earlier, and then let's get into this. Genesis 2, verse 1. We'll just put it up on the screen. You don't have to turn there again. It says that thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all his work, which God had created in me. Now, this is talking about creation. This is talking about the beginning. This is how God did it. God's unlimited. And it says God worked, did all the things that he did in creation, and then he stopped. This is before there's, well, at this point, there's human beings. But this is right at the beginning. And he said this is is how it was set up. Now let's look at Exodus 20, verse 8. Exodus 20, verse 8. This is in the middle of the Ten Commandments. made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. He made it holy. He made it separate. He set it apart. Now notice it's referring back to what the Lord God Himself did in creation. Six days of creation, and then He stopped. He rested. He ceased. And so when this is being set out here, it's telling us. Here, this is to the Israelites, but I want you, to, there's going to be several aspects we're going to look at here. This is in the Ten Commandments, but this just didn't even start with the Ten Commandments. You can see God himself made a pattern. And we'll see even the Israelites knew about this even before. You can, it's implied, you can see it. We're going to go a few chapters before, and evidently, they knew. But this is a pattern. Let's look at... Uh, The last uh, verse there, verse 11 in the Amplified. It says, That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. That is, set it apart for His purposes. He blessed the Sabbath, made it holy. That is, He set it apart for His purposes. God instituted this, not any man. And we're going to get into some some details around it, logistics, what it means to us as we're doing this. But notice the pattern. This is a pattern. It's a rhythm. And the Creator instituted instituted this. This is not men's idea. Let's look at Exodus 31, verse 12. This is a little bit further down. Look a little bit, uh, another aspect of this. Exodus 31, verse 12. We're looking at a lot of things like in Exodus and back there, so you might as well turn there. if I mean, it's up on the screen, but you know what? It's good to look in your Bible and find it. Exodus, way back at the beginning of the Bible. Exodus thirty-one twelve says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbath you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you or sets you apart. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it or violates it shall surely be put to death. Well, thank God... We're not under that law with this result. But we're going to see that. That's legal. I mean, that was the commandment at that time. That's not what we're under. And we'll get to that. But the principle is here. Thank God we're not dealing with it like this. But the concept is here. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death, for whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall not be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So again, referring back to what God did in Genesis. Genesis predates, I mean, the the, the works in Genesis predates anything man did. It's talking about creation. So let's go back and look at Exodus 20. Verse 1. So we read Exodus 20, verse 8, just in the middle of this. In Exodus 20 is where the Ten Commandments are laid out. Exodus 20, verse 1. It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. This is the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. One way you can define a God or a Lord is something that determines what you do. And we are to have nothing and no one before the Lord. That's the first commandment. And then he gets into the other commandments, which we're just going to go over briefly. But isn't that what, like, Jesus said? He said, you can't serve God and money. Well, what determines what we do? If we say, well, I have to do this. I, you don't understand. I have to work. Well, is that putting that ahead of God? Ahead of what he said? He, that's the number one thing. He said... Don't put it. Don't, don't put anything before me. I'm, I'm, I'm first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. See, God is God. He is the Almighty. He knows what to do. He instituted this as a pattern for our life. Now, we're going to get into it. You don't have to do it legalistically. We're going to touch on that. But the pattern, but the, what, he, what He's saying, the intent... What is the intent? You putting aside the time and stopping and looking to Him. Now let's look real real quickly. We're not going to look at the Scriptures, but the other Ten Commandments that we read here are all valid today. And they were all codified here, but not one of them would we say has passed away. Number one, no other gods before me. just read that in verse one. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Well, that still applies today. Can we go, can you put that up? Can you put up Exodus 20, verse one, and just we'll just go through. We'll just look at them real briefly. I have a list of them here, but can you put up verse four? So let's just look at it real qu- quickly. Just read through this. So we read verse one. And then verse uh, four, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You go on the next one. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing mercy to thousands to keep those who love me and keep their commandments. Go ahead. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Well, is it still a good thing not to take the Lord, Lord's name in vain? Yes. You, re, number eight. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. See right in the middle of that. Go to the next one. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle. We read all this. Go ahead. Verse 11. Nor your stranger who is within your gates. Next verse. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. Next verse. Honor your father and mother that... Your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has giving you. Well, honor your, your father and mo- mother. That's still applicable. Verse 13, you shall not murder. Applicable. You shall not commit adultery. Yeah, still, still a good thing. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, his donkey, nor donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor. Now all the people. Uh, well, that, so that's the end, and then it goes into the next thing. But all those those commandments. So don't take or have no other gods before me, don't take the name of the Lord in vain, keep the Sabbath holy, honor your father and mother, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet your neighbor's wife, don't covet your neighbor's goods. All these things were in the Ten Commandments, were codified, but these things are all right and good today. Now there is legalism that men have added, But that doesn't undo the concept. That doesn't undo the principle that this, like in the case of the Sabbath, these things were all laid down. They were, before the law, they were just codified here. Let's look at Exodus 16, verse 4. Exodus 16, verse 4. This is before Exodus 20. So this is before Moses came back with the Ten Commandments, which we just read. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. So there's quail and then there's this manna. Behold, I will rain bread for, from heaven for you, for, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not, and it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. God is saying, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rain down bread. I'm gonna, is, are the people going to walk as I told them? Well, this is v before verse 20. Evidently, there's, you don't have to to go too far to see that the people knew about this somehow. Verse 5, and it shall be on the sixth day that they prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Now notice, on the sixth day before the seventh day, they're going to have twice as much. So in other words, they don't have to gather the seventh day. Skip down to verse 14, and when the layer of dew lifted, so this is, in the morning, the dew's gone. There on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, as it is fi- as fine as the frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for, that's just a measure, one omer for each person according to the number of persons let every man take for those who are in his tent. So he reiterated saying, you gather according to each one's need, one omer for each person according to the number of persons. So gather what you need according to your household. Let's skip down to verse 22. So it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses and said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath day, a rest Sabbath to the Lord. So this is before verse 20. This is before the Ten Commandments. But he's saying already tomorrow is a Sabbath rest a holy Sabbath to the Lord, bake what you will bake today, boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains and that to be kept until morning. So he's saying, you go out, do what you need to do on the sixth day. Gather twice as much. It's going to be there. Verse 24, so they laid it up until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink. So what would happen before? Well, you'll, you'll see it here. So they, they laid it up until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it in, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Well, if you just, I mean, that's obviously something that's been going on. You don't get mad at somebody or get frustrated with them the first time they don't do something. I don't think this was new. How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore He gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. So in another place it is said, "When, when they tried to gather more, it would stink. It wouldn't keep. So if, 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 if they tried to gather more on any of the other days, it wouldn't keep for them. But God specifically said, you gather twice as much on the sixth day and it will keep. And it did. So in other words, number one, twice as much was there. Number two, it lasted for the, the, the seventh day. So they had everything they needed. They didn't have to go out and work. They didn't have to go do anything. They just did what God told them to do. The ones that did, some of them said, I'm going out anyway. And you know what happened? It didn't work. They went out. People that tried to to gather too much on other days, it didn't work. And here the people said, well, I'm going out anyway. Guess what? There wasn't anything there. Because that's not what God told them to do. The work done on the six days made up for the seventh day. And that's the concept, one of the principles that God is putting forth, is that you honor me with this day. Now we're going to again get into, you don't want to do this legalistically, but the principle is here, God said, I created, He created heaven and earth, and then rested. Here, it was put down for Israel, you do work on six days, you don't do it on the seventh day. And the principle is, you honor God. He set it apart. You put Him first, and you stop what you're doing. Yeah, but I need to do such and such. No, God said stop. He said rest. We read in, in Exodus 20, it said, nobody in your household should be doing anything. Now, this again, this is what the Israelites were told. And if you did anything, they were going to be killed. So yes, there was a legalism and a, a, a law there, but we're talking about the principle So the day that we're supposed to take off, it's supposed to bring refreshment, renewal, rest, relaxation to our spirit, our soul, and our body. It's supposed to be a time of looking to the Lord and refreshing, being able to get together with people, being able to be with your family, being able to stop what is constantly before you and take your eyes off that and put it back on the Lord. And so much so that these things were codified. And God said, you don't do it. And if somebody starts doing it, we need to stop it. Because it's going to get everybody off. You don't stop and look at God. You're just going to keep going and try to get the next thing you need. Your eyes are going to get off Him and you're going to drift. And that's exactly what happened to Israel. They went completely off. They they, 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 They broke all these things. But it's supposed to be a time where we're we're to be refreshed. See, God knows. He is the creator. And He made us. He knows how we work. He's the one that wrote the manual. You know, the creator of some product or some piece of software or, you know, some program, whatever. They know how it operates. And if, if, if you're going to violate what your, uh, for instance, your car, if they tell you to do certain things in the manual, and we say, ah, it doesn't matter, they don't know what they're talking about, well, do it at your own peril. If we don't maintain certain things the way we're supposed to maintain it, it's not going to function properly. Well, God, from the very beginning, said, you need a break. We read scripture after scripture that says don't chase this stuff, don't overwork don't, don't keep going. It's not going to end up good. It said, if, it, unless the Lord builds the house, you're, you're working. In, uh, it's useless. You're working in vain. God knows what we need, and He knows how to get it to us, and He knows what we need, not just material, but He knows all the other important aspects of life. He knows your body needs rest. He knows your spirit needs to be maintained and, sh- and, and uh, focused on Him. He knows your mind needs a break. You can't take constant pressure and constant pushing that breaks down and wears our body down. But why would we do that? What would be the motivation that I have to do? I mean, you don't understand. I have to work all seven days. What would be the motivation? Why? Well, I need to pay. Wait, that's what Jesus is talking about. That's what these scriptures are talking about. Wait, don't put that stuff before Him. That's what the Bible tells us to do. God said, I know you need it, but trust me, do it my way. And these things are going to be added. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Let's look at Mark 2, verse 23. Now, you see this. You see this in uh, you know, Jesus operating with the Sabbath and in His day, and you, you, we can see how people took this legalistically. Believe God with me, that we're, we're getting through all the stuff we need to get through. I, I, I want to get through all this, but uh, I believe He's helping us here. Mark 2, verse 23, here's an example. It says, Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. So they're on the Sabbath. Remember, this was codified in the law, so much so you weren't supposed to do some thing, certain things until there's a death penalty for it. So his disciples are out with Jesus. They're in the grain fields. They're on the Sabbath. So as they went, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. Well, they're not supposed to do that technically, legally. Verse 24, And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? See, the Pharisees were always pointing fingers at all the nitty-gritty, technicalities. In other words, they were trying to keep the letter of the law, but ignoring the Spirit. Now, as Jesus said, you know, you, you strain at a gnat and you swallow a camel. You'll just, you'll get so caught up and so up, up in arms about this little thing, and then you'll just let this big thing go by. I mean, they... They, the hypocrisy was rampant. Jesus called them out on it. So they're saying, look. He saying, look, that's not lawful. And the Pharisees said to him, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? He and those with him how he went into the the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests and also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So his disciples, they were out in the middle of a field, and they were... uh, picking grain. And so the, the, the Pharisees are like, why are they doing what they're not supposed to do? And Jesus said, haven't you ever read where David, he was in need and hungry. And he went into the house of God and ate the bread, which isn't lawful to eat. I mean, this was the holy bread. And he gave those to some who were with him. And Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, we are not to serve the Sabbath. It was made for the benefit of man. God set it up and he made it so that we could, we could have what we need and be on a rhythm that we will be beneficial. It was not made so that we somehow serve it in legalism. Let's look at another verse, Matthew twelve nine. Matthew 12, verse 9 says, Now when he had departed from there, he went to the synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? So, there's a man that needs to be healed. And so they're asking him, Is that lawful to heal? Should we do that? See, they were always looking to point fingers at Jesus. There's several accounts where it had to do with the Sabbath. Verse 11. Then he said to them, what, is man, um, what, what man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay a hold of it and lift it out? He's saying, what? So you're telling me your animal falls in a pit and you're not going to get it out because it's the Sabbath? See, he's calling them out. He's like, you're a hypocrite. Verse 12, how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So he's saying, look, you people are saying I can't, I shouldn't heal this man, but you you take care of your animal. Something happens. You're not going to wait till the next day to take care of it. You're just going to take care of it. See, they were legalistic about, well, you can't do this. You can't do that. You got to tiptoe around. See, that is bondage. That's not the heart of, of what was instituted. It's twisted. It's making a religion and a legalistic system out of it. So it says, therefore, Jesus said, therefore, it is good. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand and he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as the other. And so these guys raised their hands and said, Glory to God, that's awesome. No, they didn't. Verse 14, it says, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. They were so ticked, they're looking to kill him because he did something on the Sabbath. See, this is legalism. This is the wrong motive. But we, we are not to walk out our salvation in legalism. Now, We are under grace, and we are to do whatever we do out of faith. Now, this the the whole Sabbath and, and rest, we see it predated what was in the Ten Commandments. God followed this pattern when He created the earth. And so it was instituted, like a lot of things in the law, but like we read in the Ten Commandments, all those things are still valid. But how do we practice it? In the New Testament, number one, there's not a specific day necessarily. You you see, and I'll read some scripture, but the the Christian church, a lot of times, they're going to take off Sunday. Whereas the Hebrew Sabbath was Saturday. Well, don't be legalistic about it. We can read a few scriptures here. I'll just read these to you because this is practical. These are questions people have. Acts 20, let's just read these real quick. Acts 20, verse 7 says, Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now on the first day of the week, it says. Why the first day of the week? Well, Jesus, they, they, they came to the empty tomb on the first day of the week. And so you see that it's the first day of the week, generally, and you see that today. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. It says, Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there may be no collections when I come. See, it's not about even the day. People will go to where, if you want to live under the law, then, you know, you better start on Friday night, because that the, the, the Hebrew... Uh, day was starting, it started on the night and went to the next night. So, I mean, and if, you go, so if you've ever traveled, you switch time zones. What is Saturday right now is Sunday in some places, and, or, you know, today it's Sunday, but it's Saturday and Sunday and Monday somewhere else because of all the time. I mean, there is no universal standard on the whole earth. If you want to get legalistic about it, you could go nuts with that. No, that's not, the, the intent was you We read what the Word said. The the purpose is, it's supposed to be holy unto God that you cease doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, what you're you're normally doing. work. the, The whole point is, look to God. Not, oh my gosh, you did this on this day. You're breaking the law. That's what the Pharisees were saying. We have to go by what the Word says, and it's not whether it's Sunday or not. People have different work schedules. People have different, uh, you know, lifestyles. What we need to do, the, the, the principle is, have no gods before me. That's what the Word says. And it says six days you should do your work, and the seventh is holy. Well, it's changed even in the Christian church from what is actually in the law there. And it's not, I mean, it just depends on what day you start from. If You start from Tuesday, then the seventh day is the next day. Monday. You start on Thursday. It's going to be the next Wednesday. Don't get caught up. We shouldn't get caught up on these things. The principle is take a step back and look to God and stop. That's the thing, because going on wears us out. It gets our focus off him. It can break down our relationships. It can break down our health. That is The principle. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 16. or Actually, let's read Romans and then we'll read Colossians. Romans 14, 5. It says, One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. This is the New Covenant. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observe it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, because he was talking about eating what you eat, what you don't eat. He who eats, eats to the Lord. He who g- gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, does, he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself. No one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. And therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. He's saying, be convinced Based on the Word, what you are doing, you decide with God, with His Word. We see that this was instituted before the law, so it's a principle. Now, we walk it out in the New Covenant based on how God is dealing with us. It didn't do, there's nothing in the New Testament that does away with it. That's a thing. People say, well, we just work all the time. Well, you're violating a lot of the Bible and. And in the New Covenant, we don't just throw away everything that was in the Old Testament. The Bible says those are for examples. And when something predated the law, we need to look at it seriously. And we can just, we can look at it again very easily with the Ten Commandments. Which of those concepts passed away? I mean, Jesus upped some of them. I mean, he upped the bar on these things. It says, don't commit adultery. He said, and it says, don't cover your neighbor's wife. He said, if you even think about it, you've done it. I mean... The, the law in the New co- Covenant is the law of love. It won't violate any of these things. So these things are for us. Now, the walking out of it, you need to be led. And here it's saying, you don't get the legalism about it and you be convinced in your heart. And then if we look at Colossians 2, verse 16, it says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. And don't, so it says, don't let anybody judge you, but you don't judge anybody. Well, they don't do this on Saturday. I mean, some people are really concerned. I'm not knocking people, but there's legalism that, I mean, you don't do it on Saturday, you are just not spiritual. Well, is that what God intended? Is that what he's saying here? That's judging. That's legal. There's nothing th- this predated. The, I mean, if you want to be legalist about it, then if you mess up, you're dead. Let's go all the way then. Anybody want to support that? I don't think so. So we, can, we can't pick and choose. The things that are established predating the covenant, the old covenant, are not done away when that covenant goes out of passing. The things that were changed, like the priesthood being Jesus, those are the things that changed that were uh, instituted differently in the new covenant but if they didn't specifically if they weren't undone uh we can't undo them we don't throw away the old testament jesus said the sabbath is made for man not man for the sabbath it's for our own good we can say well i just don't see it i want to just work all the time and then we can be dead and we, god's god's word is for us Anything in his word is not for our hurt, it's for our good. We saw it over and over. Those scriptures we read earlier, do said, don't, don't overwork, you're just wasting your time. Wake up. He's saying for your own understanding, stop, take a break. It's like the Israelites going out and saying, well, I'm going out anyway on Saturday. There wasn't anything there. God wants us, bottom line, to trust him, Put Him first and walk with Him. And trust that what He is telling us to do, He's going to take care of everything we need. And so this is an area, I mean, it's real easy uh, to look around the world and look what people do. Man, it's, it's so different now than it ever was. But the, the, the concepts haven't changed. I mean, most of us, we have a device with us. Almost all the time. And where it used to be, you know, if you're not near the phone, nobody could get to you. Well, you know, texts and emails and phone they, they, they follow you everywhere. That's the, the world generally is going all the time. And with global companies and stuff, where's a different time zone all the time? People are going all the time. But just because that's happened doesn't mean we should follow suit. Now, there are realities we have to deal I dealt with a global company. I mean, I, I have firsthand experience working in a global company, and I understand there's different time zones, and, you know, when you're dealing with people halfway around the world, uh, they're 12 hours out of sync. you got our people in Europe, six hours out of sync. you got, you know, other places that are nine hours out of sync, and there's always something going on. But God can show us how to manage it and how to do what He would call us to do, regardless of our situation, This is why we don't judge people. This is why we don't make laws based on our own understanding and not what the Word says. If we'll go to Him, He'll show us so that we can be refreshed, so we can put our our, uh, attention on Him, so we can be built up spiritually, so our family's strong, our, our body's strong, our relationship with God is strong, and we can walk through things. Strong. He can show us how to do that, and His heart is for us to be blessed not to wear ourselves out for something that's a mirage. He is good. He's faithful. He loves us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much.